This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go <laughs> So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. And with that, we're on Dash Radio on Saturday afternoons. Uh, today, I have the man, the hot ham man, John Ham. What's up? Hey, it's been a while. We need to talk more often. I know. We need to, we need to do this podcast thing more often, John Ham. <laughs> I know. Like... Hourly. We need to have an hourly podcast. That's right. This is not enough for people to hear our voices every day. It's just not <laughs> enough. Um, so I'm I'm leaving town tomorrow. My wife and I are going to Florida for a few days to catch some rays. And nice. um, so with that, I'm recording a bunch of podcasts. And like yesterday I recorded. Today I'm recording a few um, that I'm going to release later. So... We're recording this on a Tuesday, we'll release it uh, on Wednesday, and then I'm also recording the Sam Vicini this afternoon, and that won't run until Monday, but there will be a lot of really good draft stuff, but I'm trying to set up pods to drop so you will not be without podcasts while I'm gone. Um, So, it's Hot Ham Wednesday, and so we're going to go to a hot ham bag, and we are, uh, this handbag is brought to you by Anchor Down, Anchor Down is a restaurant in Deep Deuce, downtown OKC. They've got, it's a really a great bar. If you're looking for like a, a new bar that, and you haven't tried Anchor Down, Anchor Down's a great bar. And it's open late. They also serve food late, which is kind of one of their special things that a lot of people, they'll go downtown, and if you're there past 10 o'clock, like you can't find a place to eat. Uh, Anchor Down is one of those places. So if you live downtown, or if you're downtown a lot at night and want to find a place where you can grab some late-night food, uh, these pizza tots are great. The corn dogs are obviously really good. And then if you're looking for a late-night salad, there's only one place to go, baby. It's Anchor Down. Um, and the beer selection is is so, so good. Um, so go check out Anchor Down today. Our first question comes from at Ringle. 629 and James asks I get Oladipo and Adams are the future but if Cantor isn't traded are they worth putting out there to see what's available is, is it worth putting Oladipo and Adams out there to see what's available yeah I think he's he's asking is it worth using them as trade bait rather than like pushing them yeah. as like the future of OKC oh sure I mean look I don't think I don't think the front office necessarily considers those guys untouchable yeah. at all. Um, if I if I had money to wager right now, I would say Oladipo's not going to complete this contract in Oklahoma City. Yes. That's that's just my hunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that Adams is probably more likely to stay with the Thunder for his career than Oladipo. But Oladipo kind of – like if the Thunder are going to upgrade via trade – and they're going to look to 
bring in somebody like Anthony Davis is like now my like dream trade scenario. <laughs> just because I think that things could go poorly enough in mm-hmm. New Orleans that he may want out in the next couple of years. I'm not saying this season. I'm not saying this summer. I'm saying in a couple of years. Um, and by that time, I th- I'm that's where I'm just hoping like the Lakers and the Celtics have kind of cashed in their assets for players. And like, there's a new, like a new line of teams ready to uh, get Anthony Davis. And I think the Thunder have got guys. And I think if, you know, they develop Sabonis and I think you could make like Oladipo, like the centerpiece of it. Plus, um, plus Sabonis, plus whatever else, plus like two first round future first round draft picks or something like that. I think like something like that could work as long as those guys continue to get better. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a guy. I mean, obviously, I mean, New York holds so much leverage on Porzingis right now. But, right. you know, that's another one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But that one's even more complicated than, you know, potentially swinging for Davis. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, in, in the short term, I mean, I have no doubt if – if there's a deal this summer involving Oladipo or Adams yeah. that, you know, they think, Oh wow, this, we can't pass this up. I mean, they're, they're going to do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're necessarily shopping them mm-hmm. uh, per se, but I mean, they're available, you know, if the, if, if the planets align and the right guy becomes available. Would you do Adams and Oladipo for Kevin Love and Iman Shumpert? See, the thing with Love is, is that knee is the thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause. Now, he's on one of the old Max contracts. Mm-hmm. That's nice. He's got, after this season, he has two years and then a player option. Um, I still don't think I would do it. Okay. Still don't think I would. Shumpert's only got one more year than a player option. Um, I, I get the... It might be a talent upgrade. I just don't know that I would cash in my assets on those guys right now. Right. And what's funny is that if you're looking to win a championship or to compete for a championship, Kevin Love is clearly not the guy to go grab, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the thing. Um, at, least, at, least for the next, right now. at least for the next four years or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Love probably is going to wind up being someone starting center here in the next year or two. Yeah, and I think Kevin Love just the is way great. the league is trending. Yeah, well, no, no, no kidding. He really is. He's really, really good, and I think that he would make the Thunder better next year. If the Thunder made that trade, they would be better next season. If you start Love at center, I mean, you're, obviously your defense is going to take a nosedive, but it also allows you to pl- to go ahead and go re-sign Robertson without the fear that he's going to kill your offense. Because Kevin Love mm-hmm. is a really good passer. He can obviously shoot from three. This gives Russ a ton more space. Um, but your defense is is going to suffer because of that. And you become basically a high-octane offense. Uh, which I think that in this current league, that you you want to be a better offensive team than defensive team. Obviously, you would love to be both. But yeah. I think that having yeah, no, no doubt. I think that having a high octane offense um, will serve a little bit better, just because a, a better offense beats a good defense every time. And we're seeing yeah. we're seeing we're seeing that before our very eyes in the finals. <clears throat> There's nothing you can do with the offense that 
the Warriors have. And I think a Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, pick and roll, pick and pop, like I, it would be unstoppable. But also, I, I don't. I, I wonder. Does that? If you're the Cavs, would you do that? Right. Yeah. I mean, they've they've got some things to figure out when this finals is over. They do. Like, what can you do? <laughs> and and we could talk about here in a minute what some of their limitations are. But well, let's yeah, do, let's it's going to be from uh, be curious from at the real Ryan VK. He asked, "What moves can the Cavs make this off season to even attempt to compete with the Warriors?" So here's where the Cavs stand right now. Uh, going into next season, they've already got 125 million dollars in commitments, hmm. um, and that is with Corver, James Jones, Darren Williams, Derek Williams, um, every center that they tried to sign over the, over the off season coming off the books. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys, 10, if you count Eddie Tavares and that's also Kay Felder. So really only eight guys and then a couple of spare parts. And now they're in the repeater tax next season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if if they've got to have more than nine guys, obviously, um, but yeah, I mean, already you're into that second tier of luxury tax, uh, of repeater tax. I mean, you're talking about already a $15 million tax bill as things stand right now. Um, so, I mean, it's honestly, it's just going to be costly. And we'll see how much LeBron's tolerance, uh, you know, holds because I think ownership is going to, I don't, they're going to look to be, I don't know, they're going to look to trim some corners uh, just like they did this past season, mm-hmm. I think. So what can they actually do? You know, already I've heard, you know, Paul George's name associated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously people keep pairing Carmelo Anthony there. Maybe something like that um, would, would help. Maybe using Shumpert, Channing Fry, and But they've exhausted so many future assets like draft picks too. I mean, they're they spent a lot to get this to get to this point. They really have, and it's going to be via trade, right? Like if they, yeah, to, it's. I mean, to me, it's like a, it's a Kevin Love deal, and Love is the most exchangeable player, it seems. Yeah, and they're. I mean, teams will want Kevin Love. Um, yeah, but what can you get back that's really going to help you? Um, I don't know. You kind of look at the usual suspects, like Denver has a lot of guys. That could be traded. You look at even Phoenix, like if you did Love for Bledsoe and Jared Dudley. Um, but I don't, think, Warren. I, I don't think they can afford to do that. I mean, they need like another all-star in exchange for Kevin Love. Yeah. I just don't think LeBron is going to sign off on bringing in a couple of really good guys at this point. Right. And who, what, what star can you get back? You want to get Boogie? Yeah. You want Boogie? Like you could go get Boogie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe you could try. The Paul George thing is interesting. I mean, let's, you know, let's assume that, Sure, maybe he wants to go to L.A., but let's say there's a real opportunity to go to Cleveland, just like Kevin Love had an opportunity to leave Minnesota and go to Cleveland and, you know, was agreeable 
uh, you know, to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I maybe Indiana could pull together a three team deal. I don't think trading Paul George for Kevin Love makes a whole lot of sense for him. Um, trading for Shumpert and Channing Fry means a whole lot. And then Cleveland doesn't have really. I'll have to look and see what their draft pick situation is. They may not be able to offer a first round pick for multiple years. Yeah, which is a a problem for Cleveland moving it's an forward. Issue. And they've got a lot of uh, older guys on their team too. I mean, Jr., Kyle Korver, Richard Jefferson. Like these are you've got yeah. some older guys on this squad. And what are you going to do? Like, what are they? What is Kyle Korver? What does he get on the market this summer? I mean, he, I mean, he can't even yeah. play versus the Warriors. They, I mean, they're probably fine to let him go because he can't even play against the Warriors. So you need to – they, they gave up uh, – sorry, they, they gave up a future first-round pick to get him. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Their 2017 first-round pick goes to Portland, and that was to dump Anderson Verjao and bring in Channing Fry. So they can't trade their 2018 first-round pick. Their 2019 goes to Atlanta for that Corver trade – um, they can they can start dealing their 2021 first round pick, but I don't know how much. Maybe some teams would be interested in that because at that point Cleveland should be rebuilding, right? You think, unless LeBron is still doing this, and I I'm not going to be the one to say he's going to be done ever. <laughs> right. I'm just saying that's four years from now when LeBron would be like 36, and who knows? 36, yeah. Um, I have no clue. Yeah, they should be. They should. They should be. In a different spot, um, they should be if they, if they're not you know like back to where they were a few years ago. They should be like uh, descending, yeah, at that point. But still, like that's not a whole lot. I mean, they can offer up their first round picks in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three in some in some trades. I don't know if that's enough. What about this one? Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, and Amon Shumpert to the Bulls for Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, why not? That still didn't. Yeah. Beat, that didn't beat the Warriors, but makes things a little doesn't seem like it. Makes things a little doesn't interesting. Seem. And in the meantime, they still need to pay their general manager too, because he wants a uh, mm-hmm. significant raise for all the crap he's having to deal with and <laughs> all the success that he's helped. And and by the way, if I hear one more LeBron James is the GM of Cleveland, I might. You know, might punch a hole in the drywall. Like David Griffin knows what what in the world he's doing. He's so, very good. Yeah. Not not every. I mean, every team right now that has an opening for a GM is calling and saying, "Hey, can we right. can we get an interview with this guy?" Right. And I know I just said earlier, like you know, LeBron's not going to sign off on trading love for a couple of good players. I mean, and, and what I meant by you, Kevin LeBron James would not be happy if sure. they did something like that. So. What about Tristan Thompson and Amon Shumpert for Carmelo? Yeah, if you if you're going to downsize, I mean Tristan Thompson be, has been un, borderline unplayable. He and Jr. both. Yeah. Doesn't Jr. have more fouls than points in the finals, or something <laughs> ridiculous like that? That's pro, that sounds like something true about Jr. Smith. And like I get. You know, probably there's other things on his mind with his with his newborn and and some stuff like that. I mean, there's always the human element mm-hmm. in there. Um, did you see what Mike Wise tweeted out no. after 
after the game two loss that <laughs> that the uh, the Cavs locker room smelled of reaper. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh my. Yes, I've got to go find this tweet. Maybe, uh, maybe they need to do Tristan Thompson for Joe Kim Noah then. <laughs> maybe so. Oh man, Joe Kim Noah and his battles with Cleveland over the years. Oh man, yeah. I think, I mean, the, you have Kyrie, LeBron, Melo, and Kevin Love. Uh, that's just a bunch of old guys looking real sad. And then <laughs> the Warriors, to me. What do you do? Defense. I mean, the Cavs' defense was bad this past year, and some of that was just let's get through the season. But you know, needless to say, I, that defense doesn't scare Golden State at all. No. Here's where uh here's what, what Mike Wise tweeted out. Cavs locker room has a strong reefer reefer aroma to it tonight. Hey, it's Callie. You're down two oh and it's about pain control. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then his follow up was to be clear, I don't know who was imbibing marijuana in the Cavs locker room, media that entered, player, etc., but it wasn't a dead skunk. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Cavs get weird. Maybe they do a. Um, what would it take to get Boogie from New Orleans if things are just awful? I mean, that's that's not a deal they can make in the off season. Maybe if you if you get into the season, yeah. I don't know. It feels like like the first step that would probably happen is fire the coach, fire the general manager mm-hmm. before you get to the point of getting Boogie Cousins. Right. Like Drew Holiday leaves. They're just yeah. a mess. Tim Frazier's your point guard. They, right. They get to January. They're below 500. Boogie is tearing apart their locker room. Yeah. Um, Maybe something like that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, and, and here we are talking about, I mean, we talk about Oklahoma City's challenges. I mean, it's not unique to Oklahoma City. Look what you know. We just spent what twenty minutes here talking about Cleveland right. and what they're going to do. I mean, look across the league. Other teams have got a lot of challenges in trying to put together, you know, some sort of a uh, you know team that can make a, a deep playoff run or potentially pull off a you know finals upset. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to be really tough these next few years to compete with that team. Yeah. Uh, even for a, I mean, LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie team. Um, sure. Jimmy Butler would help. Paul George or Jimmy Butler would help because I think both those guys are better than Love and Irving. Yeah. Do you think they would Tristan's consider trading Irving? Yeah, Tristan's been fine. Do you think they would consider trading Irving? I I still don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I mean, again, it's... Irving doesn't quite get the respect that he deserves, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's on an old max contract. So, you know, let's let's just say in a pretend world, like the Wizards were willing to deal John Wall for Kyrie Irving. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather have Irving on that team, to be honest. Just for his shooting. Um, yeah, yeah. If you put him on the market, you you could bring back something really interesting. Yeah, boy, that'd be uh, a blockbuster of a deal. I mean, maybe if you if you want to get wild, let's talk about some sort of Kyrie Irving for Chris Paul sign and trade. Um, but I joked about that last summer, and it didn't happen. Right. So 
Yeah, I don't think they'll deal him either. Uh, let's see. This is from at Shannon Z Ward. Could we see OKC move to a small ball lineup of Adams and Domas at center, Domas, Grant, and Doug at power forward? Maybe Dakari can come if Adam as an Adams injury insurance. Uh, I, I mean, I I think that it's likely that they're that's kind of the big man setup that they have if they deal Canner and they don't bring Taj back. I mean, there's and I think that they'll bring in another guy or. Maybe Nick Collison comes back. I don't know. I, I I don't think that that's unlikely that they do that. Uh, but the Thunder like to play big, and they've shown that over the past few years. So I'd be a, I'd be a little surprised if they didn't go get somebody else if they if they dealt away Cantor and then let Gibson go. But um, I could see I could see it working just fine. But you're counting on a lot of development from guys like Domas and Grant. And then McDermott to become like a full-time backup four. I mean, that's a transition mm-hmm. for him. Um, a transition that I think they want to make because I don't think he's good enough on defense to be a wing. Um, what, what do you think, Ham? Yeah, I mean, some of this comes down to how does the team how does the team want to play? Because up until this time, I mean, this team has stuck to we are a big physical team. And, and, and they've you know, this is front office on down. They felt like a lot of the advantages is that they've had big physical players that can physically overmatch, you know, some of the smaller lineups. Um, and it's the sort of team that matches up well against San Antonio and Memphis and Utah and the Clippers. Um, so I, I hesitate to, you know, just wildly drive away from that. I mean, if you're, if your target is how do you beat the Warriors? Well, go get four of the guys that we just rattled off that Cleveland needs to go get. Right. <laughs> so um, I know I know the Houston loss, you know, looked bad largely because of Venice Cantor. But, I mean, I think we talked about that. I mean, Cantor was part of the problem there, but so was backup point guard. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think they do want to be more versatile. I do think they want to play a little bit smaller. But I don't think they necessarily want to, want to scrap everything. You just off of uh, last season's game series because they, they've had a lot of success playing with big lineups. So um, they they definitely need some more space to operate, but I don't think they're just going to radically move away from that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I would be I would be surprised if they didn't go get another big if they dealt Canner and let Gibson walk. Uh, I, I still think it's Dakari. You do. I think Dakari's going to be. I think he's going to be on the 15-man roster next year. I don't think he's going to be one of those 16, 17 spots. I mean, just, you know, more and more, you know, just the articles that are written and just just the way the Thunder have operated. I mean, mm-hmm. Samaj put in his two years and then got an NBA roster, you know, spot. Um, Josh Eustace did his year in the D-League and got an NBA roster spot. Dakari Johnson's just put in his two years. So he's either he's either A, on the roster next season, or he's part of a deal before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, I worry a little bit about Takari as far as him yep. being an NBA player. Uh, he's real big. He's not real quick. I don't know that he can defend in space. I think that he's, he's very canter esque um, as far as his skill set goes. Um, he's a little Jaleel Okafor E as well. 
Um, and when you mention those kind of guys, you're just like, oh, like, I don't know. And Jilla, I know. And Jilla Okafor came out, and he was a, I mean, he was, people considered him for the number one pick because of the skill he had. But Takari was a guy that was like a clear second rounder. And so, like, he worries me so much. And I really, really, really don't want him to be on the 15-man roster for that. I would, <laughs> I would rather them go buy a second round pick in this current draft and like get Josh Hart or you know even like Frank Mason and just see if he works out or uh, Devin Robinson like I would rather them go get one of those guys um, Sundarius Thornwell like there's a lot of like guys that interest me that are kind of older uh, in this in this current draft um, uh, Nigel Williams Goss from Gonzaga like all those guys I'm just like oh I'd 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 like to see if they can do it. Um, but when you talk about like a lumbering big man who scores on the basket, I'm like, ah, I'm kind of out on that. Well, and here's the beauty of it is they can go get one of those guys and mm-hmm. they can, you know, see over summer league. What, what do they like? Um, you know, now that they've got basically two extra roster spots because of these, these new D league roster spots, these, uh, two way contracts. Yeah. You know, they can legitimately bring those guys to camp. And if one of those outplays Dakari, I mean, if you sign them to a contract, it's going to be minimum salary. Mm-hmm. So it won't be a it won't be a huge, uh, a huge investment. But I don't know. I just I feel like that's kind of that's the way the Thunder have operated uh, in, in this sort of way. So I kind of think they're going to do that. But I mean, it's something else to consider, too, because I mentioned, you know, how this team has had success playing big. Go to Basketball Reference and look at their five-man combinations. Their best lineup last season, albeit in 26 minutes, was Adams, Grant, Cantor, Oladipo, Westbrook. Yep. And that they were at plus 36 in that time. The third best lineup in 74 minutes, which was the eighth most used lineup, so there's a little bit more of a sample size there, was Abrinas, Adams, Cantor, Roberts, and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. So – that's two of their top three best lineups had Adams and Cantor on the floor together. So um, that's what I say. I know a lot of people are looking at that rocket series and you're saying Ennis Cantor, you know, you got to move on from him. And I still think that they could for, you know, for, for a number of reasons, I mean, payroll and, you know, his, his contract situation and yes, that they may need to redistribute that money elsewhere. But if they can't move him for whatever reason and bring him back, I mean, it's not like it's it's not like bringing back Kyle Singler. I mean, you're you're talking about bringing back an actual useful NBA player, and there's data to back that up. Yes, I I definitely agree with that. I I don't think that Canner is he's not a minus player anymore. I think that at one point in his career he was. Even when he first came yeah. to the Thunder, I think that he was a minus player. But I think that his offense and his offensive rebounding is just that good. Uh, to where he's a helpful player, I just, I just wonder on a Westbrook-led team, they need. I think their roster needs to be balanced more. I just don't know that you can yeah. commit forty million dollars to centers that, and they do play well together. But it's going to take, you know, Presti's declaration of him being a three-point shooter becoming a reality for it to really work. Um, yeah, because you can't, you cannot pack the paint. And the Thunder can't continue to run lineups where there's one shooter in the lineup with Westbrook. You just can't. You can't do it. It's not sustainable for Russ to have to create like that. Like that, he needs two, three, or four shooters on the floor with him at all times. And if you don't do that, I think that you're 
limiting what this team could be. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, why, why can Sabonis develop? What, how, how does Abrinas develop? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I could, see, I could see lineups with McDermott and Abrinas on the floor with Russ. Uh, um, if I, yeah, I've got two spots left. Okay, I, I'm just doing math in my head. Cantor and, and Adams, you know, now guys have, have room to operate yep. or even put in Sabonis in place of like Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of that stuff could work. I mean, again, we're, we're all judging based on last season and assuming it's always going to be that way when no things could improve just with those guys. But I still, I still think there's going to be some changes. Sure. Uh, next question from at Dr. Faisal. He asks for the summer of internal development, what skill should each young guy be working on this, the working on the most this summer? I really did a good job <laughs> reading that. Um <laughs> Uh, I think young guys. I think we both agree. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Sabonis needs to tie his left hand behind his back. Yeah, he's got to work on his right hand, and I think more than even more than that, like he's got to get right mentally. Like he's got to be aggressive when he's on the court. Yeah. Like no, no more of this tentative. Like I'm afraid to to get the ball. uh, Demonis Sabonis. We talked about that on Locked On Thunder yesterday. That like the difference between the Denver triple-double game for Russell Westbrook for Domas in the next game where Russ sat against the Timberwolves is night and day. And Yep, definitely. That just cannot be the case next year. Um, even if that right hand doesn't look awesome um, just, you know, next season, I think that's something that he can improve on. But mentally, oh boy, like he's, like he's got to get it together. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's look. We'll look at guys that are under twenty-five. So Victor Oladipo. I think Vic's got to get to the free throw line. I think that that's that's his next progression, um, and he may not make it. But I think that that's. I think his aggressiveness, which we're talking about, like all these mental uh, things, which are hard to improve on. Like mentally, as a person, it's kind of hard to change. You know what you do, but I do think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there was there was a lot of guys uh, afraid of screwing up last season. Yeah, and so um, <laughs> it was the, it, the season of Russ in which everyone was very afraid to get the ball, whatever, whatever he was yeah. on the court, <laughs> except for uh, ice in his veins, Samaj Kristen. That's that right. Is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I don't I don't know. I'm sure maybe it is somewhat intimidating with a guy like Russ on your team. I, I, I don't I don't know if he's a tyrant necessarily. I mean, I've, there's plenty of stories where he's been very supportive of his teammates in the locker room, in the huddles, um, and things like that. I don't know. Maybe just the historical nature of everything and, and the you know the triple double narrative taking over. Maybe there was a concern of are we going to cost Russ a triple double? Are we going to cost him a rebound or an assist or or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Oladipo needs to get to the line more than twice a game. He's just got to. Yes, uh, Cantor. If he can become a three-point shooter, that changes everything. Like you don't have to be. I think defense is like the thing that people are like. He's got to be a better defender. Like at this point, Cantor is a very experienced NBA player, and I do think that he's gotten better on defense since he's been with OKC. I just I have no hope that he's going to be an even average defending center 
But Ryan Anderson proves that you can have value as a big uh-huh. if you can just shoot the ball. And I think Canner could. Uh, it's it, it's going to take a leap, though, because he hasn't taken a ton of attempts in his career. Uh, but if he could take three attempts a game coming off the bench and shoot 37%, which I think is possible, I think that changes this team a lot. And I, and I liked the Thunder running the ball through Canner in the post. Um, and those were very effective for them when he was passing the basketball. But he went away from that. And I, don't, I just don't know if you're the Thunder if you can rely on him as a passer going forward because yeah. it only happened really for a month. Um, and it was right. great. And I wrote about it on Daily Thunder, and there's some lots of uh, gifs on there. But I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's very true. All of that. So, uh, yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, this is where you know, people get hyper focused on you can't play Ennis Cantor, can't play Andre Robertson. Look around the playoffs. Like you mentioned, Ryan Anderson had to get pulled from the starting lineup against the Rockets. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Spurs. Against Spurs what am yeah. I talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in this final series, Golden State is ignoring Amon Shumpert. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you know, daring, daring him to shoot. Um, so these, you know, these challenges are out there. I mean, not every team is as perfect as Golden State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and there was a lot of factors that went into that. So all, you know, any situation you're going to have, you know, some of these things that you've got to manage throughout the game, throughout a series. Um, and it's not reason to not bring that guy back because again, there's going to be times where that were a particular guy is going to be very valuable. Yeah. Uh, what about Jeremy Grant? What what should he be working on this summer? Not falling us back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of him driving the ball. I would prefer him yeah. to just take that corner three. Like, like I I agree. I, his he's got just a couple moves that he really he really likes to do it. He really loves to drive, and I I. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't think he's. I wonder. I mean, was that something that Donovan and and, and the team worked with him after they acquired him? I mean, I'm not particularly up to speed on his game in Philadelphia. Um, Well, but I wonder if that's something they wanted. He thinks. I know that Jeremy Grant thinks that that's a part of his game. That that's, and it's. I think it's also. I've. It's funny. So I. I've set up these bank accounts for my kids, and one of the the guy that I set it up with um, is really good friends with his dad. Like their kids grew up together, and we I've talked oh, okay. to, I've talked to him a bunch, and he's he he even talks about how good Jeremy's drive game is. I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. he said that his dad and him have been working on it, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I you go ahead and tell him I don't like that random random guy <laughs> setting up a bank account like tell him i don't like that um but if he could just be a weak side shot blocker and a three-point shooter at with that athleticism like that's an extremely yeah. valuable player and that's where i i think he could be that and that's where if i'm the thunder and a lot of a lot of people are like let's just get him on a cheap deal for next season let's get him on a let's lock him into a cheaper deal for four years like if you think this guy could be a, a future piece for the Thunder, he's twenty two. Um, if he could be a three and D four, 
lock the dude up. See if you can get him for four years and thirty six million or something like that. Like if he if he's and willing think, to do that, yeah. like do it. Like lock him up. I think possibly even less than that. Um I think it's I think it's possible to do that. And especially I mean because Oklahoma City is gonna have some you know, faggling they have to do here. Mm-hmm. I agree with you because I, my concern would be we're going to keep Jeremy Grant for, you know, 1.5 million next season. And then he hits unrestricted free agency. And then someone is going to, you know, someone's going to plunk the full mid-level exception on him. Right. Um, which will be over $8 million or so, mm-hmm. which Oklahoma city, they can't, you know, they won't have restricted free agent matching rights on him. I mean, obviously they could, right. they could offer him, and try to retain him as an unrestricted, but yeah, I mean, all along it seems like it seems to me just by the way this team operates, they would want to decline that, make him a restricted free agent, and try to lock him up this summer. It'd be great, like four for twenty eight or something like that. That seems, I mean, that seems fair, and that seems like you're, you know, sort of the kind of contract where you're paying for a potential down the road, mm-hmm. and. And not only that, you're you're locking up an asset at a price that if you if the right deal comes up later, you can move him. Yeah, and and he's a guy that hasn't really made much money in his NBA career. And if you could just say, "Hey, we're offering you, you know, twenty eight million dollars over the next four years," um, that probably looks super nice to somebody who is like on the fringe of being on NBA rosters. But I do think that he's good. I think he's an NBA player and I, I like him. Um, but there's I, a precedent. I mean, you know, look at, look at Jay Crowder. I mean, there's a guy that sure. was on minimum salary deals for a couple of years and signed a way below market value contract, even before the cap spike. So there's precedent for it. Yeah. I think Jeremy, I think Jeremy Grant's going to be good. Uh, Alex Sabrinas, 23 years old. He's a rookie. We gushed about him yesterday for a long time. What do you think that, um, what do you think he should be working on? Um, yeah, some people are going to say defense. I don't really know if he can quote unquote work on that. Um, I don't know, maybe like his driving skills, maybe his, his playmaking skills a little bit. I mean, the dude has, you know, he's got all sorts of confidence. If he gets the ball and he's got, you know, a half inch of room, the shots going up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it feels like if he could add a little bit of playmaking to his game, that could be beneficial. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think putting the ball on the floor is some is like a next step for him, and he's got a yeah. little bit of ability to do that. A little um, bit, he does. If he could, if he could drive, because I think that he's. He's got something that Jeremy Grant doesn't, is that he's a very crafty player, and he's a mm-hmm. sneaky good athlete. Um, a sneaky good athlete is only something we say about white guys, too. Just throwing that out there. Um, white European guys, too. Yeah. Only, those are the only sneaky good athletes out there. Juan um, Carlos Navarro, Mano Ginobili. Rudy Fernandez. <laughs> Rudy Fernandez. <laughs> oh, they're so sneaky. Oh, it's, it's very surprising. Um, I think that... I think if he had some kind of floor game where he could run a pick and roll or something like that, um, I think that's that would be a, a huge step for him. Um, yeah, because he's got all the confidence in the world. Like he's the anti Sabonis because he <laughs> he he wants to shoot and he wants the basketball. Uh, and if he could put together some kind of floor game, that would be great. Um, that'd be a 
really big time evolution for him. Um, and that's where they, that's where I'm most high on Abrinas moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not I'm not concerned about the shooting percentages in his rookie season. Um, and I think Fred pointed out. I mean, there was a stretch after the All Star break where he was shooting like forty plus percent from three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about. I mean, we we saw it where, especially like in that game in New Orleans, where I mean, no conscience. And yeah. I think they're going to serve him well. Yeah, I'm excited for him. He shot 40 in the month of March, or in the month of February, he shot 47% from three. So he was, nice. December he was 41, January 44, February 47. And then in March he slumped a little bit, he was 31. Um, and then in the playoffs, or in April, in four games in April, he shot 50% from three. So I'm I'm super high on him. I think he's, yeah. he's going to be really good. Uh, are there any other other young guys? I mean, Josh Eustis, like, just work on getting on the floor. Work on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Find out what your future is with the team. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Maybe this was the plan all along. Hey, we're going to bring you along over three years and then see where you're at. Maybe that was the plan. I don't know. But yeah, that figure seems, that out. Seems like a bad plan. Um, <laughs> this is or part- maybe one that you should adjust, you know, midstream. If like I don't know, one of your star players leaves for right. an uh, for, for an opposing team. <laughs> oh man! Uh, from at Ben Varhees, he asks, "What do you all think of Dylan Brooks out of Oregon? Undersized small forward, high assist rate, playmaking skills. He can shoot well. He wonders if Brooks could play the two. Do you have you do you know much about Dylan Brooks? I defer to you because the last Brooks from Oregon I know is Aaron Brooks. That's right. He's good, man. Little little water bug point guard. I, we need to mm-hmm. bring we need to bring back the uh, the term water bug point guard water bug. Yep. <laughs> uh, I like Dylan Brooks just fine. He's a good shooter. Uh, I don't know that the things that he he loves to create off the bounce, and he's a little bit too slow to do that on the NBA level. And he's got, he's a six, seven, he's got a six, six wingspan. Uh, and I don't know that a lot of the stuff that he created, uh, in Oregon is going to work in the NBA. Cause I, he doesn't have a good quickness or uh, great length, but if he could become a spot up shooter and a ball mover, um, he, his quickness too is kind of going to limit him on, on defense, I think he would. He's a. He would probably have to play three. I don't think he's quick enough to guard most twos. So he'd have to be like a backup three. Uh, but I like. I like his. Shoot. He shot forty percent at Oregon this past year. Uh, he has the highest assist rate among any forward in the draft this this year. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, he's a smart player. He uses his body really well um, on defense and offensively. But he's gonna be he's gonna be limited by his athleticism and by his uh, measurables. Um, but I like him. There there are a lot of guys in the second round that I really really like. Um, and I'm gonna talk to Sam Vecini about all these guys. Um, but if I'm the Thunder, I try to get as mi- like I try to buy as many second round picks as teams will even let you do because there's just a lot of guys I feel like are worth taking a chance on. I think Devin Robinson. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of of Dylan Brooks in that he is massive. He's six eight. He's got a seven foot wingspan, which isn't crazy, but 
almost seven one wingspan. But he's a crazy athlete. Um, he's he's a little Jeremy Grantish in that he doesn't have great feel for the game, but um, he shot well this season. I really like him. Um, there, there's just a, there's several guys in the second round. Josh Hart out of Villanova. I think that guy can come in and play day one. Uh, Frank Jackson is really interesting. We've talked about him. He's out of Duke. He's a younger guy. Um, he's kind of a combo guard. Um, Jordan Bell, who's like going to be a really good defender, also out of Oregon. He's a junior. He's um, 22. I think that he can play. Uh, my guy, Derek White, is a second-round pick right now. I think that he I, – I want the Thunder to take him. Um, so there's just <laughs> a lot of second-rounders that I'm just like – I, man, I really – I love the second round. And what's funny is that I look at the end of the first round and I look where the Thunder are picking and I'm like, I don't like any of these guys for the Thunder. Like, I really don't. Like, Jared Allen, Justin Patton, Harry Giles, TJ Leaf, Jonathan John, Terrence Ferguson. I, I, don't, I don't think the Thunder should take any of those guys. I, I don't think the Thunder need more bigs that need developing. I don't think Terrence, yeah. Fer- Terrence Ferguson scares the crap out of me because I think that he's... He's a two, he's a two guard that will probably only defend twos because he's so skinny. Uh, he's very erratic. Uh, he's like Will Barton if Will Barton sucked. That's kind of my comp for him. Um, the very the, the very small amount of footage I've seen of him, uh, I wonder if he's like a poor man's Kevin Martin. He could be. He just hadn't shot like Kevin Martin. Like right, I, and, and maybe it's because of his like body. Maybe yeah. that's where I'm coming from on yes. that. But the body style's very similar. Because Kevin Martin yeah. was tall, but he he was only a two. Um, right. Then you look at guys like Ojale, who I think is an NBA player, but he's very Josh Houstacy to me. Like that's kind of the same position. They're a three four. They're probably only a spot up shooter. They can defend a little bit. Um, they're not elite in that way. Curix, um, who plays for the second team in Barcelona, uh, he's a project. He's a guy that's going to stay overseas, stay overseas for probably a couple of years. Like I'd, I'd be fine with with him just because I think that's an upside swing. Uh, Tyler Lydon, I don't like him. Ivan Rab, no way. Uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of guys at the end of the second or the end of the first round that I just don't think the Thunder should take. Uh, but then there's like all these second rounders that are they're kind of older guys. Um, they're crafty. They know how to use their bodies. They're good shooters there's a lot of good shooters in the second round so i'd be buying second round picks if i'm the thunder because i think this is a really deep draft so there's kind of an underrated aspect you mentioned that um oklahoma city has not sent out any cash in trades they have 3.5 million that is that they can that they can spend Mm -hmm. uh so just a little bit history here back in 2010 they paid over 3 million uh to get the draft rights to tibor Pleiss. Mm-hmm. who I think was the 31st pick. Yes. Um, last season, uh, Daniel Hamilton, I think, was 56. And they paid over 700 grand for that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these D-League roster spots may water down the value of those to an extent. I mean, why pay 700 grand for the 56th pick when the, your guy may go undrafted and you can pick him up in free agency and you've got two roster spots? But... They've got some cash to work with. I mean, they could also potentially use that to entice a team to take Kyle Singler. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, potentially. But, I mean, historically, um, you know, the Thunder have used cash in order to buy draft picks. 
And that's that's a really good point because I think the Thunder need to buy two picks in the second round because I just think that there are so many guys that are worth taking a flyer on, um, plugging them into the D-League and seeing what they can do. Um, And there are years where the second round produces crazy talent. Yeah, quality guys. I mean, Draymond Green was a second-round pick, and I'm not saying the Thunder can get a guy like that in this draft, but I just think – that there are guys, Chris Middleton was a second round pick. I mean, there there are guys out there that are being overlooked by NBA teams because of one issue or another. Derek White, because he's almost 23 years old. Uh, Jordan Bell, um, also 22. I think some of these older guys, you can go grab them and they can be really good players for you. So um, I'm going to talk with Sam Vecini in more detail and he can, yeah. he can let us know really what these guys got. Um, but I'm excited for this draft. I think that I think that there could be um, some guys that the Thunder could bring in that can that can help them even from day one. So Orlando's got a pair of early second round picks. Philadelphia has five second round picks. Thank you, Sam Hinkie. Right. <laughs> um, Houston's got back to back second round picks. Um, and, I mean, there's always there's always teams that are willing to. You know, willing to move picks, and you know there might be a team out there that wants cash. They yeah. just want cold hard cash because for whatever reason. So you know the Thunder, the Thunder are in position to to buy into that draft. Yep. Uh, Denver also a team that has two second round picks that they have way too many young guys. Like they they can't play their and young three guys. first round picks. Yeah. No, it's Portland has three first round picks. I'm sorry. Portland's got yeah. There there are teams that are just like we just can't play all these guys. Like we just can't right. even develop them, and that's where like those. Those roster spots will come in handy. Maybe they, maybe Denver keeps both these picks and drafts Devin Robinson and Monte Morris and just puts them both on in their D League spot. But I don't know. It'll be. Yeah. I think this draft will be really fun. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the pod today. We'll follow you on Twitter at John M Ham. We'll also listen to you on the franchise here locally. Basketball show on Saturdays. It's super fun. I've been on a couple times, and it's just a great fun basketball show so you need to listen to that what's the name of that show john we don't know yet okay uh, it, it varies <laughs> no i mean it's, it's kind of a running joke because we have called it both the nba insider show the thunder insider show the nba thunder insider show the nba inside thunder we we're this summer darn it we are going to pin it down <laughs> and we are going to get the name figured out that's one of my things in life right now is trying to figure out names for things. And no, I don't mean children. Um, it's one of the big challenges I'm dealing with right now in life. It is worth your time. I will say that. It's a, we have a lot of fun. It's a worthwhile show. A lot of good content. Um, so check that out. You can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you listen to us week in, week out, um, we would really appreciate it if you just take just a couple minutes of your time, go to iTunes, click five stars, and then if you have time, um, write us write us a message. We read all of them. We see all of them. We really appreciate it and just want to thank you guys for listening and have a great Wednesday. <laughs>